Trigger warning. This episode discusses sexual trauma and certain aspects of sexual violence. If you are sensitive to these topics, you may want to skip this episode. Welcome to the Relationship Visionary Podcast. In this podcast, I will question anything and everything you have ever learned about relationships. So if you have very traditional views on relationships and you want to keep them, now is the time for you to turn off. Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Relationship Visionary Podcast. I'm Martina Booth, I'm a relationship visionary and an emotional artist and I'm here to help you build a closer relationship with yourself first and then with others in your life. Today I have a super important topic that I have been meaning to talk about for quite a while now but for some reason I never did it and yesterday I saw a post from Luis Mojica, I hope I'm I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He is the face behind Holistic Life Navigation. I don't know if you know that Instagram account and he has he's a a therapist, somatic experiencing, I think. I don't want to say anything wrong about him, so please go ahead check him out yourself. I I really love everything he does and he he brought up this topic. It's funny because I had been thinking about talking about it even before he did, but then I saw that he brought it up and somebody commented and said that basically they have never heard anyone discuss this topic anywhere and I and I realized it's so important that we do talk about it and this is why I decided to make this episode quite spontaneously. Yeah, because the topic just needs to be addressed. And you saw it in the title already, the topic is sexual fawning. And so what what is sexual fawning? Sexual fawning is when you have sex with somebody, even though you don't want to, because it feels like the safer option. And there are several reasons for why it may be may feel like the safer option. So there may be instances in which it can actually be the safer option like for real if you're in a in a situation where you may be alone with a man for example and you feel like if you if you said no now he might get mad and then maybe well he could do worse things to you right these things happen so we don't have to act like they don't but in most cases i wouldn't say it's actually the safer option it's actually the worst option because and this is actually something I, I was going to make a post a, long, a while ago and I was going to write sexual trauma doesn't require a rapist. It's it's really because it is it is traumatizing when you have somebody when especially when you're a, a person with a female body and you and somebody is actually like going inside your body and you don't actually want that. You know, it's 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 really a, an extreme violation of the the boundary of the person just being touched against your will, especially in intimate sexual areas. It, it's really, it's it's traumatizing in and of itself. It's not the safer option most of the time, right? Because most people don't do sexual fa- fawning. I don't even know how to, how to say that correctly. Fawn sexually. Most people don't do this 
because they're actually in a threat environment, like in a really dangerous situation. Most people do this because they are worried and this can all be subconscious, right? So we, we're not consciously like sitting there thinking, sometimes it is like that. Sometimes you're actually having the conscious conversation in your head, like, oh, I should be doing this because otherwise they're going to leave me or they're not going to love me or they're going to have thoughts about me. But often this is also subconscious that you feel like if you don't do this, then you're not going to be seen as as uh, worthy or maybe then somebody's going to leave you or they're not going to love you. They're going to be frustrated with you. They're going to get mad at you. All these kinds of things. Every every single person has their own specific reason for doing this. So it's not always the same thing. I don't like it when in psychology or in general people, yeah, when, when they just try to like make everything general and say, oh, this is because of this. No, I think for every single person, there's there's a very individual way of reasoning let's say reasoning of your nervous system all the different things that happen in your nervous system in in some sort of order and everything has a very valid reason like how how you came to that conclusion that this is how you are going to do it but like whatever it is for you it, it might be conscious or subconscious but usually it is because we are worried that if we don't do this then we might lose something that we value higher than physical safety and this happens a lot in relationships and i'm going to make the next episode will be about um, emotional dependency because that is to me the core of all of this shit that we do that there is something that we want from this person that feels more important than our physical safety literally like think about people who are in abusive relationships and are not leaving well obviously they're not leaving because they're getting something that is more important than their physical safety for them Right? And that's not logical. That is uh, completely subconscious. And the same thing happens with sexual fawning. The sexual trauma that comes from sec sexual fawning is really a secondary trauma. It's like we wouldn't do this. That's why it's fawning, right? Fawning is a trauma response. It's when, you're, when you try to appease somebody so that they don't harm you, right? That's, what, that's the definition of fawning and very typical typical way that shows us the people-pleasing behavior that we have, right? But sexual fawning is, I would say it's it's not really the the traditional way that fawning happens. Maybe in the first case scenario that I told you at the beginning, where you're actually in a, in a threat situation, but the way it shows up in most cases, it's actually because we, because we projected something onto our partners and we need that from them. And so it, it's to get to not be exposed to the threat of of not having that anymore right so it's not classic it's not really the typical thing of like being in danger or like the threat that we ex expect is is a different one right and it, it can also be the threat of being rejected the threat of being ridiculed the threat of well or of them like getting mad at you like as i just said before but so for me the sexual fawning is what happens because we already have some sort of trauma inside of us, right? That makes us do that. And then what happens in response to the sexual fawning is an additional trauma that gets created in our bodies because of this violation of our of our our body, of our boundaries of our body, right? Because somebody did something to our body that we didn't want. And it doesn't matter that so this is very important because this is why I wanted to write the post about like how you don't need a rapist. This doesn't mean that the other person's doing anything wrong necessarily, right? They might be by, like, I don't know, the way they're behaving, but 
usually like they are oblivious okay so I did this so much in relationships I did this so very much and nobody ha ever knew that this was happening it was the opposite it was be I was actually trying to like be really sexual and I was really I really started to become good at it be become good at pleasing men because I thought that that was what I had to do in order to be loved in order to be yeah in order to be loved in order to be valued and they they didn't they they couldn't have known that I didn't actually want to have sex with them because I was sometimes even initiating it. I was sometimes even like, yeah, doing things, not because I was like, ooh, I'm in the mood right now. I would like to have sex. No, it was because I was thinking, okay, different d different ways of thinking. One was if I do this, if i if I please him sexually and if I'm really good at that, and then he's going to like love me and he's not going to leave me. But there were also aspects of, okay, we haven't had sex in three weeks and I, I feel like we, we got to do this now um, because if, I don't, if we don't, then he's going to break up with me or he's, un he's frustrated with me, he's not happy with me. So, so this kind of thing, okay? So, so it, can have, it can take all sorts of shapes and forms. It's usually the other person's oblivious that this is happening. I, I mean, sometimes they could also notice. I, there, there was one incident where I was actually crying in, uh, during sex with my ex-boyfriend because I really, 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 did not want to do it and I, I I kind of raped myself because I forced myself to do it because I thought I had to get it over with because this is what's required of me right I don't know where I was going with this but this is the way that it can show up okay so I'm really the expert on this here because I've done this so much in so many different ways with boyfriends with people that I didn't know on on first or second dates because I felt like I had to gone I had gone too far I had been leading them on I had been talking to them in a certain way so now they were expecting it and I owed it to them like all sorts of shapes and forms that I have done this right so all of this is because my nervous system thought that it was the safer option to actually do this now than to not do it and to be honest I believe that this is something that almost all women or people who were who are female bodies and why is it Why is that? Because we, because we have this element of like having something inserted in our bodies, and of course this can happen to men too, to people with male bodies, and they can get stuff inserted in their bodies too. But it's it's not even just about the the element of the inserting, but that is really the the worst part of it, I would say. But even just touching, having anything done to your body like touching somebody against their will is already bad enough but having something put in your body against your will is really 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 horrible and really traumatizing so just keep that in mind and, and I really believe that the vast majority of women of people with female bodies have this have experienced this to some degree and I really have a, a very different view on relation on sex and relationships than a lot of my other colleagues because I feel like nowadays everything's about sex positivity positivity and women are have a right to to pleasure themselves and to love sex and I a hundred percent agree a hundred percent agree if you are a woman or a person with a female body and you love to have sex go for it please go for it be open about it tell everyone everybody you want to tell about that you love sex and have all the sex that you want I'm all for that however I feel like this environment this new new environment of sex positivity and of like freeing women's sexuality also has put a lot of pressure on us to be want to want to be sexual and to have a lot of like sexual energy and um 
this may come from me because I still haven't really 100% resolved this sexual trauma that I have, but I really do believe that it's not it's it's not natural how we think that we have to be sexual all the time. I mean, a woman's body goes through a cycle. I totally notice like now that I'm not taking any any birth control pills, like I notice when I'm ovulating, I I have a couple of days where I'm really really in the mood and so I'm also noticing when I'm not. Doesn't mean that on those days I really don't want it, but I don't think it's it's something natural what we're expecting of us to to just be sexual all the time. I think for men it's more natural because it makes total sense, right? If if the woman has a a phase in the in the month where she can have a child and she's able to reproduce, but then the man also has a phase and so makes makes it much more unlikely for for them to come together, right? So it makes total sense from a point of view of like nature and how we're actually supposed to have sex to to reproduce, right? And and I feel like this this like positive sex positivity movement as great as it is and as I'm, as much as i love it i think that there's some hidden subtle danger to it which makes women believe that well we're supposed to be more sexual and if we're not then there's a problem and so first of all i think that it's very normal to not want to have sex all the time in our even in like a healthy person who has not who's not traumatized and has nothing however now why does this tie how does this tie to the sexual trauma of sexual fawning well what happens is then you experience trauma from being from having sex against your will and that trauma usually <laughs> leads to you not wanting to have sex anymore which makes total sense right it leads to have to like a protection like a protection mechanism to say no so of course it's going to make you want it less because a you experience trauma from having that done against your will. And B, of course, you didn't enjoy it. So there's no point of wanting it. What's the point of doing it if it's not enjoyable? I think I was so dissociated during a lot of my sexual encounters because I was doing it against my will that there was absolutely no way I would enjoy it. And then I felt additional pressure to have to like have an orgasm and enjoy it. So it's like sometimes I would even like try and force myself to enjoy it. It was absolutely ridiculous. And all of that to please the other person. So what happens is that for me personally, what, what happened was that I started to like have a wall and I've heard other people, other women talk about this wall that just automatically goes up when somebody approaches you in a sexual way. So somebody would come, somebody I loved, somebody I cared about, somebody I liked to be close to came. And as soon as their hand would go in an area that I knew was somewhere related to sex or sometimes it's also when they start like kissing you in a certain way and you know that's what they want, the wall goes up. It's automatic. It's not something, and this is why this is important to, to say that this is a trauma. It's it's not that you're like being difficult or you're like, I don't know what's going on. No, your nervous system is stopping you, is saying, nope, threat, not good, right? So you got to honor that. So instead of going to a sex therapist now and working on the problem of uh, our low libido and how we get that figured out and taking pills and I don't know what and go to tantra seminar. How about we address the wall that our nervous system started to put up as a protection mechanism and we realize that we've been traumatized by sex against our will and now if we're trying to make us more sexual and more adventurous in order to get our libido back, that is ridiculous. To me, there are two two ways this can be. Either you actually do have a natural libido and you want to have sex and there's something that's blocking it, which could be the trauma or could be something else, but it could also be a trauma from having sex against your will. You got to remove that 
before you can go back to having sex or which is completely 100% equally valid maybe you don't maybe you don't have a libido that like wants you to fuck all the time maybe you just don't maybe that's not your thing maybe you have uh, a cycle and you just want to have sex for three days a month that's totally fine and that is very natural and maybe you would like to expand that for whatever reason like do do all of it like find your libido i don't know get it up do sexual seminars explore yourself sexually but just make sure before you do that that you don't have the wall the automatic wall going up because you know i noticed the wall because i started paying attention to it because i know about trauma and i get very very curious what happens to me so I noticed how it happens, but I don't think that I would have noticed it that much if I hadn't known all this and if I hadn't paid attention to it. So it's very, very likely if you're listening to this and you are like, yeah, I don't have high libido and or like sometimes I just don't want to have sex for months and what's going on with me. It's very likely that maybe you have that, but you're, you're not noticing it because you're not paying attention to it. So here's what you can do. This is how I discovered mine. So when you, if, if this is the case for you, like you're not really into you're not really like excited to have sex and maybe you already know now that you've listened to this maybe you already know that yeah i have done this then you that's your first clue that's your first clue that okay maybe it's very likely that there's something there that protects you that prevents you from wanting to have sex but maybe this doesn't resonate because maybe maybe you you you're like nah nah that wasn't that wasn't me and and I it was never against my will. Well, then I would still be curious because it's possible that you're also not really aware of this. I was very aware of it, but I think a lot of women are not. So try this: when you notice that somebody approaches you in a sexual way, just do the exercise that I've always that I talked about in the feelings processing episode. Just focus inwards. So somebody approaches you sexually, maybe they like touch you in a certain way, talk to you in a certain way, kiss you in a certain way, and you and you notice maybe that's they want something now and you're just not in the mood. Okay, so let's let's focus inwards. Let's shift the the, the spotlight. Let's turn it around and turn it towards your your body and see, okay, what's happening right now? How do I feel? How how does this sexual approach make me feel? Like does it make me is there an element of anxiety, of stress? Is there like does my heartbeat go up? Do I breathe faster or is it the opposite? Am I like shut down? Do I suddenly feel numb or do I suddenly feel tense? Or do I feel totally relaxed and safe and excited that this is going to happen now? Really get curious and just start observing that. That's how I discovered the wall that goes up for me. I have started doing some exercises with my husband, but because I feel very, very safe with him and I can talk to him about this and he knows about all my work that I do. So this is a way of how how you could start trying to dissolve this. So what what I've done is I've tried to allow the wall feeling and telling him that I'm doing that now and like really making sure that we're going at my pace and we're not going any faster than than I want to go. Allowing him to get closer in that way, but then really noticing the wall and like allowing the wall and see if there are any feelings under the wall that want to come out. Because what happened to me was that I started crying. I started crying and I started like processing all the feelings, all this doing stuff against my will, all this push down emotions. I started processing that. And if I hadn't warned him, he would have probably not known what's going on. Why am I crying? And maybe I wouldn't have been able to allow it. So that's it's important that you can that you only do this with a person that you're that you're that you feel safe with. 
and also that you that you let them know <laughs> that you let them know that you're doing this and that you don't know what's going to happen and you might start crying so, so this is uh, the first this is like something that you can try and see if that works for you like if you also notice that you have some sort of like wall some 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 version of of the wall however that will look for you this is an exercise that you can do and as usual if you can't figure it out on your own you you're very welcome to to reach out to me i i also want to talk about a problem that i also see with this with this sexual fawning behavior in in our monogamy culture because <laughs> if you want your partner to be faithful to you but they have they want to have sex and you don't well are you allowed to say to them that they're not allowed to have sex ever again because you don't want to i don't think that you are to be honest i i really don't think that anyone has this this right but of course the other option if you really want them to be faithful to you is then that you do have sex with them against your will and, and to me this is one of the major issues actually that i have with the strict monogamy culture that we have because I don't want to have sex against my will and I don't want my husband to not have sex if he if just because I don't want to. So there's no other way for me than to say he's allowed to have sex and he can have it with other people. But I don't have to do it when I don't want to, right? So I really want people to think about this. This is this is a problem. This is a problem. You can't you can't have both. If you have two people and it's usually going to be that way. It's usually going to be that one person wants it more than the other. I don't know. My my way is not to then make the person who wants it less to start experimenting against their will or the other person to suppress their desire. Both are not good options for me. I also don't believe in, oh, let's go, as I said before, let's go to the therapist and to the, I don't know, make, pathologize that you don't feel like you want to have sex because maybe this is not, maybe this is just a very natural thing. Maybe this is just how your body is supposed to be. Because seriously, for a female body, it makes zero sense to want to have sex when you're not ovulating. Like if you think about nature and about why we even have sexual desire, it makes zero sense. So why are we putting ourselves under this pressure that we have to be in the mood all the time? Just because now we're in this freeing phase where it's like women are allowed to have sex yes women are allowed to have sex but they don't have to want it a lot of them don't and that is our nature that is not that doesn't mean that's anything that anything is wrong with you if you're not if your libido is not super active all the time and i think that this belief that women are supposed to be super sexual all the time and that is actually our normal state natural state then leads to yet another reason for a person in this case a woman, to feel unworthy, like something's wrong with them. And we all know that every single one of us has the belief that I'm not good enough in us to some degree. And so we have this, when we have this belief, and then we also believe that it's normal, natural, and it's the way it should be, that all women are super sexual all the time, and we see this portrayed everywhere, and like people are living it then we feel even more unworthy and then we may and this is how i come back to sexual fawning then we may force ourselves to have sex against our will because we believe that's what we're supposed to be doing and we believe that if we don't do this we're not good enough and there's something wrong with us and 
we are not a, a woman who's worthy of love. So this podcast episode was very spontaneous, as I said at the beginning. I did not prepare that much for it. I actually like doing my podcast that way. I really hope that you're still enjoying it. Maybe maybe you can give me some feedback, those of you who've been around for a while, and let me know if the newer episodes are also cool. I feel like I kind of went on a rant here about certain things that do bother me in the way our culture is and how, how I think it affects women having sex against their will, or let's say people having sex against their will. So I, I, I thought maybe I want to I wanna sum up the main points that I hope you got from this episode. And I might do more episodes about this topic that are more specific. I have not really spent too much time like preparing this topic for to present it to people or to like work with it. But it's always been in the back of my mind. So this is the first step that I'm walking. I'm just like putting this out there for you to listen to, to have your thoughts. And please give me feedback. Please tell me what you think. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me if this happened to you. If you see yourself in this, if you recognize yourself, if you're like, oh my God, yes, I do this. Or if you if you know of others who did it. Or also if if you're like, no, not at all. Like I'm one of those women who who just want to have sex all the time. And I'm I'm happy for you if that's the case, right? Um I I would love to be one of those, but I'm not. So yeah, give me tell me what you think about this topic. I think it's really a topic that also needs, maybe just needs a discussion, like first and foremost, needs to even be introduced as a topic. I don't think that this is really out there yet where people are really talking about it. And yeah, um, so I'd, I wanted to take it out of the closet, out of the shadows, and I wanted to bring it into light. And I'm going to sum up the key things that I really hope that you got from this episode, which is number one, the fact that sexual trauma does not require a rapist. People who unfortunately have a sexual abuse history are not the only ones who have sexual trauma, right? I mean, if you get raped, violently raped, that is a completely different scenario. Or let's say that there's an additional scenario of the assault and of the, yeah, like the threat to your life possibly even. Or if it's somebody you, you love, um, maybe a, a relative, then this aspect of being betrayed by this person that you trust. So there is an additional aspect of it that is absolutely makes this a hundred times worse. But people who have been sexually assaulted are not the only ones who have sexual trauma. So that is the first thing I want you to get from this episode. I hope that you understood what sexual fawning is and how it can show up. And you have a way of recognizing it in yourself and maybe in others and friends who, who talk to you and tell you, hey, I'm doing this. Or if you're a man and you're listening, or not, not even a man, but a person who has sex with women or whatever, a person who has sex with other people, I don't even care what gender you have. If you now have an understanding of like, oh God, this person might have done this when they had sex with me, right? So that's also super interesting to look at it from that point of view. But I really hope that you got the understanding of what sexual fawning is. I also, because this is a relationship visionary podcast and I love to share visions and to like question things. So I also hope that you understood how sexual fawning and Thus, sexual trauma connects to monogamy culture and to the sex-positive movement that we have at the moment. And last but not least, I really hope that you get some new ideas, that what I said sparked something in you, that maybe you had ideas, you had new feelings, you had aha moments. That's really what I hope. 
this is this is it for today. This is what I have about this topic spontaneously. And as I said, I might come back to it in the future because this is huge and there's so much that we could talk about. I'm not prepared to do that more in detail right now. And I'm going to come back with my episode about emotional dependency because that is an episode that has been in the making for months now. That's what I referred to in the last episode when I said that I was going to share with you the result of my my last five I think it's five it's been five months of not producing and being in this creative mess kind of so yeah look forward to that that's a really good one and an important one and as I mentioned briefly today it's actually at the the core of a lot of the problems that we have including this one with the sexual fawning so stay tuned for that have a wonderful day night evening whatever wherever you are whatever you're doing I love you all Thank you so much for listening. You're so important to me. You don't. You may not know this, but when I look at, and I don't do this often, but when I go into my podcast program that I use to record this and I see that people are listening to my podcast and have sub subscribed, or if I see that you've given reviews, it just, this is what makes me keep going. This is what makes me actually produce new episodes because I know that you are out there listening and you mean a lot to me. You mean the world to me. Thank you so much. And see you next time.